Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. Donut Disturb. Donut Disturb. Disturb you for donuts. All right, so, first of all, I have a new sound dampener called a blank blanket that my mom made for me. It's Doctor Who. Um, <clears throat> it does. It has not worked much because Logan was downstairs yelling, and I could hear fucking everything with my headphones on. Um. So I've had uh, a couple people had a couple people mention to me recently about wanting to come on and talk about deconversion. Um, so far, it seems to be exclusively Catholics or former Catholics. Um, so I was thinking maybe about having like two co-workers on to talk about deconversion from Catholicism um, and maybe having them on at once. So that's one thing that I was thinking about talking about. I know that one of Sarah's friends had mentioned that she might want to come on and talk about uh, deconversion and she's not Catholic. She is some form of Protestant that I don't know. Um, so I think if we get two Catholics, I think that's a critical mass. <laughs> well, it, I'd be the third. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that that was something that I was wanting to let you know because about. Because the critical of mass, you see how it works. It's a double meaning. Yes, yeah. And I know that I had a, uh, a, I have a coworker who had mentioned that he wanted, that he had hoped that he'd be on the intoxication episode. Um, and then we ended up yeah. recording, obviously. I, I think that had to be between you and me. But that same coworker became a uh, patron. So I just want to give a shout out to Alex real quick because he is a $10 patron, um, which is uh, extra special. And that means we do have to start making more $10 episodes because uh, there has not been, I think there's only been two episodes that have had anything specifically for the $10 patrons. So is that the one we get naked? Yeah. All right. So, subject for the this evening, what what should we uh, discuss? Do you want me to introduce it since it's my idea? Yeah, yeah, it's always. <clears throat> I don't even know. I don't know what it means until you tell me. Yeah, keep it fresh. I think that uh, the my text was kept this a little clearer. Anyway, the the topic I wanted to talk about was um, bad faith research, and and that being. So, so I'll give you a couple of examples right off the bat of things that I haven't done myself because I thought that I would be doing them in bad faith. So, I mean, I don't really want to spend that much time doing these things either. But, like, for example, I've had uh, several people tell me that I got to read Atlas Shrugged. And on top of the fact that it's really long and... It just does not sound particularly good, and I've never heard anybody other than conservatives say it is good. Uh, I just I don't want to read it because I know that like if I read it and don't find it good, and then that person wants to talk to me about it, or those people want to talk to me about it, that it will be like, well, you didn't want to like it, you know what I mean? And and so like I haven't engaged. It's been you know ten years that I've been hearing that at least that like. Atlas Shrugged is what made me a capitalist. Like lots and lots of people have said that to me. And it's kind of like, I don't want to read it. I've heard a good amount about it. It doesn't sound particularly interesting, but also like I love sci-fi and 
and I've read lots of it. And sometimes, yes, when it's good, it can give you like a perspective on like a worldview, but sometimes it's just a story. And so like John Galt living in the middle of bumfuck in some hidden spot where everybody is, uh, is trying, you know, trying to hide from, I, I, have you read it? No, I, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> Citation needed is my big, big thing where I know the bulk of the story from, but I've, I've read synopses and stuff and I'm just like, I don't want to commit to a 1200 page book or whatever. Plus, you know how I read. So like that would take me a, a year. year at least. Uh, and so I don't want to fucking do it. <laughs> so, uh, I've seen enough Zack Snyder films. I don't need to read the book. Yeah. I like Zack Snyder. I mean, I don't, so like, it, it's if you take a Zack Snyder movie, say Watchmen. Yeah. You take the source material and you, you map out where they differ. Every change he made was to be at a libertarian slant to where there wasn't one before. Yeah. Like he basically took put Ayn, Ayn Rand slants on things and that's where he differs. Like, oh, this is just like the comic. Except here, that's weird that he does this. Oh, because that's an Ayn Rand yep. libertarian thing. He had to put it in the story. I mean, the whole idea of Superman letting his father die to keep his secret because he's superior to everyone else. Like he should risk his superior self to save his father. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't take, and every time I'm at a Barnes and Noble, I look at it and I go, do I want to buy it? First, I there's movies. I know. Adapt into a series of movies. I know, but I don't, I, I feel like that. But if you don't want to, nobody's telling you, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to. But here's the thing. When I get into that conversation, when I finally go, oh, I haven't read it, but I watched it. And then they're like, well, what'd you think? As soon as, then they're going to dismiss it as, well, you didn't read it. The book was better. And then if I read the book, then it's, and, and I genuinely am not sure that I could read it in good faith, to be completely honest. Like, I don't know that I could read it and not be, like, if I, didn't know anything about it. I could potentially read it and come up with a better conclusion than now that I've heard all these bad things about it. I don't know that I could go pick it up and read it and be like, and not be like, well, this is fucking stupid. This is like, if I just, if, if, if I ran into a fellow nerd at a bookstore and they were like, Oh, you should read that. That's really good. And I know had never heard of it, had no context for it and read it. I think I would be able to, Maybe I'd go like, hey, not the best thing ever written, but it was, you know, like I'd have a more yeah. honest I mean, take. Enjoy the story and just be like, I mean, it's obviously fiction because that's not how people really interact right. in real life. Like that, that wouldn't play out that way in real life. That's fine. Yeah. That you know, that happens in things you read all the time where you don't agree. You know, it did. If it were in the real world, in our world, it wouldn't work out that way. But I still enjoy the story regardless of that. that yeah. So there, but it just wouldn't be your favorite because you don't agree with the. Yeah, I mean, but I've there. I, I'm trying to think of a good uh, example because I do like stuff sometimes that has a political, has a different political take from me. Um, you know, so like, I mean, I like most of Zack Snyder's yeah. movies. I don't like <clears throat> the fact that he puts that crap in it. Yeah. But I still like Man of Steel more than ninety percent of the country does. <laughs> you know, I still like Watchmen. I'm just like, ah, I wish he hadn't added that because I think the original version of it was better. Yeah. But I give the movie a B plus and the comic an A. Yeah, it didn't lose, didn't become a D. Right. I think okay. Uh, this is a little bit of a side tangent, so our specialty. Um, 
uh, I I don't know that this is the same thing as research as as bad faith researching, but I think something that happens a lot because you just kind of mentioned it, it um, about not ruining the movies. Like, have do you know who Dave Rubin is? I don't follow his stuff, but I've okay. heard him talked about he, by other people. He's the prime example of this, but there's lots and lots of examples that as soon as I say what I'm about to say, you're going to be like, oh, I can think of three. <clears throat> Pe- I mean, Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, and Sam <clears throat> Harrison. Yeah, but. People on the left, or who were somewhat on the left, who got tired of political correctness or whatever, and instead of being like, hey, I'm not like them, but I'm still on the left, or like, nope. I am leaving the left because they weren't. I can make more money on the right. Well, that's the real, that's the truth of it. Or they were never on the left to begin with, but that's where they decided to plant themselves to make money. Originally. Those those two Part- things are the true, true reasoning. But like the reason that they always give is like, well, the left is less tolerant because they called me a, a bigot for being bigoted. The place where I want to be bigoted, I'm not allowed to. Right. Therefore, I'll go to the place where all bigotry is. And I are. always look at that as like, so for example, you and I, we're pretty well aligned on most stuff. But like, if for example, uh, you all of a sudden were like, I hate trans people. Yeah, trans people is a great example. I do, man. They always run late, the stupid trains. I mean, I try to Amtrak. Train people. No. Never- if, you, if you hated trans people, I wouldn't go like, well, Matthew hates trans people, but he also is an atheist, so there must be a god. And like, and and those, there's a lot of that going on. In, and and I use Dave Rubin as an example because he is like, he did a video for PragerU, why I left the left, and that's almost exactly what that video was. Was like, was like, I disagree with them on this one thing, so therefore I must disagree with them on everything. Oh, I'm a gay man who's going to the side that doesn't believe I should be able to have the children that I'm adopting or actually surrogate. They were surrogate kids that he had not adoption and his audience fucking lost their mind when they found out that him and his husband were going to have kids. And that's the more tolerant side, but we get that a lot on, we see that a lot in, in grifters mostly. I think I genuinely think that it's most of the time grifters, but it's their excuse that they use. And it, and, and there are those of us that are, I would say not super politically savvy, normal people not pundits not politicians not people who are in politics but people who you know they have a very baseline understanding of some of the issues and then they see that and they go well that's that guy's got principles because he's not just you know bending over to every like whim that the the radical left comes up with you know what i'm saying yeah but it's it's funny because i i i (laughs) I would say the way the the critique of myself is, you know, I I look at those people negatively for that decision they make. However, I look at the opposite, not negatively, but still with confusion of like there are some left wing pundits Mm -hmm. who were right wingers at some point in their lives. They talk about at the point where they changed, you know, you know, in their lives. And and I used to be a Republican. I used to be concerned. I used to think like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I always wonder about, well, why did all of your belief, I get there was something that made you switch. Yeah. But but how did you switch on every topic? Like if you thought small government was good and a big defense was good and you didn't need a social network, but then you're like, well, I'm not racist though. And I don't, you know, I'm not yeah. you know, homophobic. So I can't be a Republican because they are so focused on that. I can't be that anymore. 
and now I'm going to change my attitudes on the economy yeah. and on the government. Like, I, like I, I don't understand why they do it, but I don't hold it against them that they well, do the full thing. As somebody, I mean, okay, I was never against gay marriage. And that's pretty much, I think, the only la- the only right-wing thing that I was never on board with when I was conservative. But for me, it was it was a long process. Like, Sarah and I joke, Sarah and I have been together 13 years next week. And Sarah and I joke that when we first started dating, I had, like, voted for Obama, but, like, I was still in the process of becoming, of, of becoming a liberal. And, and, and I will say that, like, on, obviously gay marriage, I've been in, in favor of since the beginning. So that has never been a, that's never been a shifting point for me. Most, if I have to suffer, everyone should suffer. Yeah, most of my most of my gun control thoughts are somewhat the same because um, they were never that far right wing, and I would say that I'm like a little like they're they're a little more new. They're they've always been nuanced. They're a little further left nuanced now. Um, but then when you look at, at the economy, I I worked in retail and got treated like shit and paid like shit for years and years and years. And eventually I was like, there's got to be a better way. And this is, and capitalism only works if you're on the top part. Yeah. Well, especially the current version of capitalism, right? Late stage capitalism, I think they call it, uh, which I don't (laughs) genuinely understand the different versions. I know that capitalism a hundred years ago was different. I think the idea is that, that if, 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 if making money is the most important thing, not giving quality, not being, uh, bringing people along with you, but increasing your halves, Inevitably, it leads to collapse, yeah. and people feel like we're in the late stage of that inevitable collapse. Right. right. And then, like, uh, my my, I would say that my understanding of trans issues has has opened up. Although, like, to me, as somebody who was always pro gay, it was just a matter of it needed to catch up. Like, I I were I caught up while society caught up. I think. Yeah, I, it was something that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, but I didn't have a negative. Thought well, I mean, like I there, I had the experience of of running into some trans people a couple times, and and I was never mean or cruel, but I know that like so I, I when I was working at Verizon, I, I helped a trans woman, um, and she uh, she had she'd come in very big fake tits, like big big like tits that were out and she was in like a motorcycle like leather or pleather like outfit like very form-fitted but very clearly a trans woman uh and everyone at work like i'm helping her and i can see people in the background laughing at her and at that point in time i was like i was more pissed that they were gonna make me laugh to her face like that they were like or they're gonna make me embarrassed or like i was i was upset about that which was the wrong thing and eventually you know i came around to the conclusion of like oh like no the they were even whether she knew it or not they were humiliating her or they were they were acting humiliating towards her you know um and so i that that is where i say like i've come around to the right side of things but i i didn't know i was 20 three years old and this was like the literally the first person i had ever encountered that was a trans person and they weren't like they weren't just like a they were not a a woman just trying to look like a woman they were very much neck down it was like 
something you would see in a video game outfit wise like it like and that's what i like that was part of the like uh oh of it you know like the shock um but yeah that was a real side tangent right there um <clears throat> yeah but it was still on, on the thing of people changing to, to the side uh, which the whole thing that was all of the tangent. yeah 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 so i you know when people talk about logical fallacies you know and there's a website your logical fallacy is and all that yeah. stuff and the real original purpose of logical fallacies, or at least teaching them in the skeptic movement, you know, was around not making the fallacy yourself. It wasn't meant to be a gotcha moment in debates that, aha, you did this fallacy. It was meant to be look at your own thing and make sure you're not mm -hmm. using a fallacy in your arguments, right? And so one of the things that when I'm reacting to something someone said online and I want to respond to them, and I go, well, let me go research what I'm going to say before I open my mouth and make sure I don't know it. You know, when I have, you know, not sitting here talking to you in video and I have time to look it up. And what I hate is when I find something, I find like, you know, I found three things that don't agree with me, you know, that, that are factual, like good sources, not mm -hmm. just I found some really good opinion. Like, so maybe my take on it is wrong. And sometimes I wish I was less skeptical and I can just say, well, let me find one that agrees with me and I can quote, quote mm -hmm. it because I can't, I don't have it in me to do that. I'm like, <clears> I'm, Yes, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe I just don't know enough to differentiate, but I'm not going to try to make the point I was going to try to make because it doesn't look like reality backs me up. Right. So I drop out of that. I think so. The one thing I like about logical fallacies, uh, or not, not using them, but knowing, being aware of them, is I used to get into arguments where I would try to point out what now I know is a logical fallacy and that they have very specific names and terminology, and I wouldn't have the vocabulary to argue that so i yeah as 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 far as I, I would you know we can move on from ayn rand uh or uh, is it ayn or ayn ayn ayn, ayn. to my to best of my knowledge it's ayn. yeah i also think not that i mean this is its own logical fallacy but it's just an interesting thing to me is that uh she died living on welfare and yeah you know. Yeah, she she lit, she did she not turn she did, her morals weren't so high that she turned down the social safety net that she said it shouldn't yeah. exist. Yeah, and like most people who you know drive on the government made roads and they don't they take advantage of that happily they'll call and complain if a pothole needs to be filled. Yeah, yeah. it reminds me of so there was this uh, little kid that used to talk out of his ass and and his father helped him with a puzzle. And his, him and his father, his father probably did most of the puzzle. And um, at the end, he put the last piece into the puzzle. And then the little boy said, I did it all by myself. And uh, that always reminded me of that mentality of yeah. Republicans. Right. I, I went the last block, therefore I did yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the, uh, the, the, uh, the flip side of that, you know, tangent story. When we were young, my <clears throat> younger brother had no self-control. Well, no. Let me take away the one we young. My younger brother has very little self-control on foods that he wants to eat, especially junk foods. Uh, and he, um, when we were young, my mother bought him a half gallon of ice cream, which back then meant it was a half gallon of ice cream in the container. Now it's <laughs> the shape and, and almost size of what was a half gallon then, and it's some random amount of ice cream that's not usually that much. But I buy a half gallon of ice cream, and he would eat it three times a day. And I would eat some, and Lee would eat some, and Jeremy would eat three servings. 
and Lee and I each in our Germany. But if Lee or I ate the last serving, even if it was a tablespoon of ice cream, Jeremy would throw a fit that I finished the ice cream, even if he ate 96% of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because only the person who took the last drop actually finished it. Yep. Same as uh, the last piece of the puzzle, but in, in reverse. He used it as a blender. Yeah. So the other thing, uh, so the other thing that I had, had in mind when I mentioned bad faith research or, or, or kind of doing the, the work out of bad faith was the Bible or Quran or the Torah or uh, any of the other religious texts, texts. Um, and have you read, have how, how much have you read of any of them? Uh, minimal. Yeah. I mean, I, I have an English degree, so I read stuff in class yep. as cornerstones of Western literature refers to this, so you need to read it kind of things. Uh, you know, read, I once said, I'm going to try to read the, the Jewish scripture. So Jewish scripture is meant to be read a certain portion every day. If you get a Jewish calendar, it has every day what you're supposed to read. And it takes a full year to read it, and it's a holiday at the end it's called Simcha Torah, which is the commandment of reading the Torah where you celebrate that you read the last bit and the next day you start over you know, again, read it for the next year. And I once tr started to try to do that. And, you know, after a couple of days of the gats, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I stopped reading. Yeah. But I've read excerpts here and there. And I listen to Bible Peace Theater on skating rinks. I don't love Bible Peace Theater. And I do think it's hilarious whenever they make reference to the fact that they lose a significant listenership after when it starts. But um, I, I don't know. I find it hard to like focus and concentrate on. Um, <clears throat> I did read uh, at least through Exodus when I was like Logan's age. Cause I was like, I'm going to read the Bible. My mom reads the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. Um, I don't remember what the hell happened with that. But um, now like there's a lot of times where I'm like, it would be, it would probably be useful to read the Bible. I watch Matt Dillahunty and I'm like, the the way that he can do this but the other thing is is that like i don't when i read i don't want to be doing a research paper on a on a twelve thousand page book or whatever it is i don't want to be making notes as like here's where we go to if they say something about gay people here and and so there's well see my challenge is to the topic at hand of reading things in bad faith oft times i will hear quotes like like this here's this quote from the bible that says blah blah, blah and Maybe not as often as not, but fairly often. When I go try to look it up on Bible Gateway and I read it in context, I'm like, I don't think this says what the person using it to attack the Bible thinks it says. And I'm not an expert, obviously. But I'm like, like that's a character in the Bible. Like Jesus didn't say that. That's an, Someone else yeah. said that in the story. So maybe it's still <clears> meant to be what you're supposed to take away. But someone else in the story said the opposite. So I don't know yeah. how you make a strong claim that this is the message you're supposed to get out of it. I've been listening to the Data Over Dogma podcast a lot recently, and I'm following um, Dan on uh, TikTok and Instagram, and, and it's interesting because he has read the Bible 475 times, so he'll go into those deep dives on things on uh, when people make biblical claims, pro or con, you know, uh, you know, whatever, well, that's just pro or con, but you know, for a good point or bad, from our moral viewpoints, um, either attacking the Bible or saying the Bible is right, and he'll go through and you know, sometimes he'll be like, you know, 10, 10, no notes. Like it, they got it right. But other times he'll go, no, but if you know the real Hebrew, this is the word that was used, not the word they say was used. And he'll, he'll go through it um, on a level that makes it 
makes me not want to ever try to quote the Bible as an argument point because I know I don't know enough about it. Yeah. I could only use it disingenuously. I couldn't accurately use it. Yeah. The one thing other than stories like, yeah, God sent a she bear to kill 40 kids. Like that's pretty clear in the story. You can't argue around that. Yeah. The one thing that I do do with the Bible is, is when I see something that has the, a biblical ref like quote as far as like not the actual quote itself but you'll see like someone's license plate will be like john 316 or uh or you'll see a billboard that says uh you know whatever the bottom of a cookout cup yeah is. i will citate i always look i i will google them and i'll read the whole pat which the passages are usually like two sentences max right it's not and and obviously you're not getting that much context but a lot of times especially with like bumper stickers or license plates i do it and it's because I'm curious, because I know there's a lot of fucked up shit in the Bible, but there's also a lot of innocuous kind of saying nothing in the Bible, too. Like, if somebody has John 3.16 as their, it, it's like, eh, it's... It's my favorite one, because it's so self-referential bullshit. Yeah, but I mean... Like, it's like, like it's not any positive message. It's like, oh, Jesus is God's son. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's worth reiterating a hundred times. Yeah. Like, why is that in a sports game? <clears throat> Go team! God gave his son to us to murder. Yay. I don't, it's, like, I don't, yeah, I don't but it's also like, com it's fairly inoffensive unless you get really specific into it. But like, you know, God, it's not like. Yeah, I mean, it's a meaningless kind of thing. It's just about your religion. It doesn't, it's not about morality. Yeah. It's not about a life lesson. It's not a law. It's just a. I've never, I've like, never seen yeah. one where you're driving behind somebody and their license plate is Leviticus 25. Like, if that. No tattoos, no tattoos. Isn't 25 the one that. Uh, <laughs> Twenty five is the one that D Matt Dillahunty always quotes. I think I could be getting that wrong. Where it's uh, if you beat your slave and they get up the next day, they're fine. Forty eight hours to kill a slave. Yeah, but yeah, could be. I but I think that like if you saw that as last week, like that person's a psycho. I want to stay away from that. Like you know, and so that's kind of why I look. I, I do look at a curiosity sometimes, but a lot of times it is such you know basic stuff. Uh, no, Leviticus 25 is not charging interest. Oh. Okay. According to my quick Google search. Maybe it's it's something it's It's one of the I think it's it's in that area. Um it's neither part or it could have been Lenderby. was it Deuteronomy or was it Leviticus? I think it was Leviticus. I don't know. I have to read the whole book just to figure this out. Um and I'm like that's fucking dumb. He created he created plants before he created light. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh, Leviticus twenty five thirty nine to forty three. So it's way into twenty five. Okay. It's not the beginning. That's why. Yeah, but like if you saw that, you'd be like, all right, I want to steer clear of that person who's advocating for beating their slaves in North Carolina. <laughs> That's like, but they're saying it's you know, but but we're saying not too much. Yeah. Don't beat them all the way till they die. You know, hold back. Don't kill. What I meant was, it's a good thing. I meant, don't kill your slave. That's what I'm saying. That's a ten dollar patron uh, exclusive. <laughs> there you go. I saw right before you got on uh, tonight. I saw a. It was a, a picture. It was that like kind of realistic looking painting of Trump at the. Um, in the Oval Office at the desk with his head down, looking all d 
downtrodden and Jesus behind him, but they've superimposed. Yeah, they've superimposed the face. So it's no longer Jesus, but it's Charles Manson. But it's so well done. And they said people have been sharing this like crazy and nobody's realized it's Charles Manson. <laughs> Charles Manson, Doug Henning. Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi. You and McGregor. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. But. There's a guy on TikTok called TikTok Jesus. Who's uh and I saw a thing there was somebody was attacking him for being a bad Christian. He's like, I'm an atheist, asexual Jesus imitator. I I I okay. Where'd you get me where'd you get Christian from? Yeah. I have I ever told you the story about the Jesus that lived in my hometown? No. Tell me about okay. the story of Jesus who lived in your hometown. So my sister and I would have been fifteen or I was fifteen or sixteen. My sister would have been about 13 and we rode our bikes from our house down to McDonald's one day and we were getting McDonald's and was it turning Coca-Cola into wine? No. And this guy who was fairly similar build to me now, uh, but with a, not like a long, long beard, but like, you know, like a, a little longer than your beard. Uh, and he was pure ginger, by the way, like, cause we're, I'm from Massachusetts. So there's a lot of Irish. Right. How can Jesus not have a soul? <laughs> That's a great question, but I hadn't heard that joke before when I was that age. But uh, <laughs> so he's he's got red hair, red beard, and it's like, you know, and we're, um, we, we get our, you know, burgers or nuggets or whatever we're getting and we go sit down and, and the guy, the guy's sitting at a table across and he goes, uh, hey guys, uh, how how you doing? And we're like, good. And he was like, I, I'm Jesus. And I was like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you. Thinking he just was like saying Jesus weird or something. I'm like, cool. Nice to meet you. And he's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 2,000 years old. People say I don't look a year over 1,000. Now, if my memory is correct, he was probably younger than I am now or about my age right now. So he's not like an old man, despite mm-hmm. what all my coworkers say. Um, he was not an old man. But he, um, so he starts talking, making that joke and he made some other like, you know, little punny jokes and he's telling us about, you know, uh, do unto others. And he's like quoting Jesus and he, he's not coming over. He's not really bothering us. He's just talking to us. And we're like, okay, well, thank you. It's nice to meet you. And then we go on our way and he doesn't bother us. And I'm at school the next day and I say something. So I grew up in Marlboro, but I went to high school in Framingham. So I'm taught, but a lot of kids in my town went to Marion, which is in Framingham. So I'm talking to, to, to some kids at, at high school and, and someone from Marlboro goes, Oh, you met Marlboro Jesus. And I was like, you know, Marlboro Jesus. And he goes, you know, the ginger guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, who's he was, or he's the redhead guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, he was redheaded. Yeah. <clears throat> he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, my, my mom went to high school with that guy. He's done a shitload of drugs and he has completely fried his brain. And he goes, but like, you'll just randomly see that guy around town and like, he'll just start talking to you. And he was like completely harmless as far as we all knew, never tried anything with anybody, but just would talk to you. And he would like, and, and I, I remember being like, cause I was still a believer at the time, but I remember being like, honestly though, like if he was actually Jesus, like that's kind of how he would act. Right. Like, we would all we would all think he was crazy, and I'm like, I don't believe him. But at the same time, like, if 
Jesus is coming back, it could be that guy. <laughs> like it, it makes as much sense as anybody else. You know, like he was, he was not begging for money. He was not trying. He was just talking. He was being very friendly. And I was, and I remember being like, really, like maybe that guy is Jesus. You know, you know that you you could have given him the, the test. This this one true test. Lead him over to a fig tree and see how he treats it. If he curses the tree, then you know it's Jesus. Yeah. I really thought you were going to go uh, water to wine, walking on water, which in Massachusetts is not that difficult to walk on water, depending on the time of the year. Uh, yeah. My t- Same thing in New York. Yeah. You can walk across the Hudson. It's chunky. Yeah. My dad, my dad and I, so, you know, my dad's a non-believer that does not call himself an atheist. But he, he, him and I have had some discussions on a, on a few occasions, and he goes, and he goes, I think about a lot of that stuff that people say, and I just think like maybe they didn't know what ice was because it was the Middle East and it was like an unseasonable year. And he's like, there's a lot of real easy explanations for how Jesus could have walked on water. <laughs> you know, the old joke where Jesus is walking on, on the water and one of his disciples says, Jesus, can I do that? And he goes, yes, you can. Just follow in my footsteps. And he starts to walk and he falls in the water. And he goes, I said, follow my footsteps. There are rocks there. Nice. I haven't heard that one. It's a good one. They don't tell that one around the church. Right? No. Have you, uh, uh, oh, I do have a good joke that I feel like I actually heard this. I can't remember who told me, but I feel like it could have been a priest. Um, but it, I, know, okay. I know the guy was screwing me. I'm not sure who it was. They were behind me and inside me at the same time. But uh, no. Came from here. No, it came right here. Um, the joke, oh. the joke, the joke. <laughs> right, ten dollar patron is getting some uh, uh, some stuff on that. Uh, so we he's gonna get it without without the visuals. Yeah, that's true. What about me, boss? What about me, boss? <laughs> so we um okay. So the joke is uh, this guy, this this priest, and this parishioner go golfing together. Priest hits the ball, goes wildly to the left where he didn't want it to go, and he goes, "Ah, oh, shit, I missed." And the parishioner's like, "What the hell?" Like quietly to himself. And then they go to the next hole, and the priest hits it, and now it goes crazy to the right from where he wanted it to go. And he goes, "Oh shit, I missed." And and the guy's like, oh, "Okay, uh, this is weird." And then they go to the next hole. And he hits the ball, and he goes, oh, shit, I missed. And and the, the parishioner goes, Father, should you be talking like this as a man of God? And he goes, no, we have an understanding. And a lightning bolt hits the parishioner, and God says, oh, shit, I missed. <laughs> uh, I could do a, we could do golf joke medley. I have so many golf jokes. Nice. Especially religious ones. You know the one about the... Um, Young young guy, maybe thirties, and he's 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 uh, golfing with two older gentlemen, and they're going and um, the one of the older guys hits the ball into a uh, water hazard, and uh, he looks around and no one else is looking, so he walks over to the water, takes his golf club, raises it in the air, waves his hand, and the waters part, and he walks in the front, finds his ball, hits it out of the water, walks across. And then the younger guy hits his hits the ball and it goes um, in the water 
and he's like, oh, man, and looks around, nobody's looking, and he just walks across the water, and when he gets to the spot where the ball is, it just floats up to the top, and he hits it and keeps going. And then the other old guy goes, hits the ball, it goes in the water, and a bass comes up and swallows it, and it's swimming away when a hawk comes down and grabs the bass and starts to fly off with it out over the golf course, and then an eagle comes and hits the hawk in the back, and the hawk drops the fish and the fish falls and it hits the ground. The ball pops out of its mouth and rolls down the hill into the hole, a hole in one. And the young guy who walks on water turns and says, dad, you're cheating again. I was thinking it was going to be Muhammad. I'm like, I'm not familiar enough. I thought Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad. I thought that's where we were going with it. All right. That makes, that makes sense. That's a good one. So I think that we should wrap it up. Do you have any last thoughts? Um, no. Good. I have no thoughts. I didn't even do the research for this episode because I thought that would be in bad faith. So, um, all right. So before we, before a lot of time, there are times I don't do the research, like things like that, like, like Ayn Rand or whatever, yeah. because you know what, even if it would change my mind, I, the current me does not want a future me that likes that. Yeah. I don't want to become a selfish pig. Not my, not my, yeah. like, like you can tell me that, oh, reading Atlas Shrugged will make you no longer have empathy for other people and you'll be like me, a good libertarian yeah. who doesn't care what happens to anyone else. And I'm like, well, that's not an outcome that the current me wants. Yeah. So why would I risk? Maybe you're right. Maybe it would convince me, but I don't want that to happen. So I'm not even going to try. I agree. It. And sometimes you look at it and you think like, okay, uh, it, if you know they love to use the two plus two equals four uh, or two plus two equals five re- reference, right? They they use it all the time in, on the right. If there was a book that could convince me that two plus two was five, and you were like, "You got to read this book. It'll finally tell you that two plus two is five, and you'll believe it." I feel the same way you just kind of described, but like, yeah, well, two plus two is four. I don't need to read that book and get convinced of something that like some of these things are self evident. There are certain like. It it was actually a huge problem I had in college and in, in high school was anytime we had to write a research paper and I would put in like a, a line that was an opinion and a professor would be like, why do I care about your opinion? And I'm like, why does me quoting some other fucker like matter? Like, I get that there's backing your thought up, but like, why doesn't my opinion ever count? Like, there are certain things that are self- The point of the paper wasn't for you to express your opinion, it was for you to learn how to do research. Yeah, I guess. The way to prove you did research is that you write the paper. That that's that was their goal is to make you do research. They didn't give a shit about your opinion. Anyway. That would be a philosophy class. Anyway, I suppose that's true. But I fucking I just hate that like certain things are self evident and we know that. And like, you know, we at work today I had the argument about the sky being blue. Someone said, If I said the sky is blue, you would argue with me. And then another person said, Well, technically it's not really blue, it's that, that it appears blue. And I was like, You're doing exactly the thing. But But yeah, but like <clears throat> it wasn't blue. Was it in, the, in ancient Greece? It wasn't blue, right? That, that's that's the time that it wasn't blue, right? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what this is a reference to. <laughs> that no, that no, that's not a joke. Um, maybe may Google make sure I'm right. Yeah, right. The sky and the sea weren't blue in ancient Greece. They didn't. So colors are kind of made up, right? Yeah. It's a spectrum of light, and we kind of chose. I'm calling this one red, this one green, this one yellow. Blah blah blah. And there's some where we have, say, red and a real light red we call pink. But, like, we randomly decided that light red is pink, where light blue is light blue. It doesn't have a name, right? Yeah. It's the blue and light blue, but there was red and pink. 
Yeah. In Greek, in ancient Greek, they didn't have a word for blue. It was a shade, like it was the the color that came between green and red, you know, somewhere in there. But they didn't have a name for that. It was like dark versions of it. So things like in the Odyssey and the Iliad, they'll call it like a blood red sky, and what they meant was blue. But that's what that's how they described blue. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. I've never read the Odyssey or the Iliad. Because one of the things that color, like color, is a kind of a made-up thing. Like color exists. Yeah. There's frequencies of white, but we randomly chose the delineations of when we call it blue and when we call it indigo. Like somebody randomly chose that. It's not a, a inherent quality of color. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, with that, we can uh, give that one to the ten dollars uh, patron who can learn about color i think he's got i think he got enough this time uh well we have two ten dollar patrons but we should have a new ten dollar patron and even though we shouted him out at the beginning of the episode we'll shout him out again thank you to alex who is our new patron um i also uh want to mention if you uh if you want to learn about being a ten dollar patron or a three dollar patron you can go on to our patreon which is patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff um the three dollar patron option is also on itunes it's a they call it a subscriber but it's the same feed as the three dollar patron feed on patreon so if you're on itunes that's an option if you're on itunes and you don't want to give us money something that you could do that would be also really nice of you is to make sure that you are subscribed or 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 following so that we can you're downloading each of our episodes give us a review uh five stars if possible and you know just say whatever you want about us. It, it, all of it helps. Uh, if you're not on iTunes, if you're listening on Spotify or Google or Alexa or whatever else you're listening on, um, make sure that you're subscribed and you're following and uh, you're doing whatever that particular option has for likes and reviews and anything else because it all helps us. And and. If you help us, we can make better content for you, and that's our goal here. Did I did I forget anything? Oh, the YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, on YouTube, like the video, yeah. subscribe to the channel, ring the notification bell, ding, ding, ding. Yes, and we have actually, because YouTube's the easiest to track. The I can track like v, downloads on the other stuff, but I can't always track who's subscribed. So uh, YouTube is the best. Um, thing where I can actually see subscribers, and we, as since we've started asking for subscribers, we've been slowly ticking up a little bit. Um, obviously, I'm not censoring any of our episodes at all for YouTube, so like it's not really monetizable at, at this point, uh, even if we made it to that level. But it's always nice uh, to get a little more, um, a little more of an audience. So we appreciate all the help you give us, and we appreciate just the fact that you're listening to us. Matthew, you got anything? Um, can I sum up? I just want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us talking about the big stuff, even if you disagree with what we were saying and we're just looking to punch holes in it. Yes. Was that a Princess Bride reference? I sum up. No. no Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, let me explain. Let me explain. No, no, no. There's no time. Let me sum up. <laughs> so... It may have been one just because that's you know permanently in the back mm -hmm. of my head, but it was not an intention. We tried so the other night we wanted to watch a movie with Logan, and we were like, "Okay, Logan, do you want to watch Princess Bride or Back to the Future?" And he was like, "Neither." And we we're like, "Come on, pick one." So he finally picks Back to the Future, which we're gonna. He 
but he picked Back to the Future, and he's like, I don't really want to watch this, though. I just picked it. Because he's a big fan of Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Um, yeah, because who else would be in that movie? Uh, yeah. But he... Um, did you finally see Flash, I'm assuming? A, a while ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, so we were... So I'm trying to get him like interested in watching it because he he picked it, but he only picked it because he had to pick one of the two. And I was like, okay, lesser of two. Okay, I was like, okay, buddy, here's the number one thing that you need to know about this movie that you're gonna love. And he goes, what's that? I said, the bad guy slams into the back of a truck full of shit and gets shit covered on him. Like, and I said, literal shit. And he was like, oh yes, he was so excited. And he was so happy about it. And then we, and he's like, he's a really shit. And I'm like, and they get to the scene. They get, he gets to the scene. And he's like, is it? And then finally, uh, Gold, Goldie Wilson comes over. And I was like, and he goes, it's shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> he has to learn what the word manure means. <laughs> yeah. Well, I explained that to him. He knew that. All right. Thank you, it's everybody. Oh, Wilson's, um, Tim Wilson, um, song, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson's song. About all the questions people ask him. Yeah. And one of them is, is that real manure? No. Is that real manure? No. Is that real manure? It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. I've heard the song. I heard, is is Michael J. Fox nice? Yes. Nice guy. Yeah. What's Michael J. Fox like? Nice guy. Yeah. Kristen, Gubber, Kristen Glover like, never talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.